All right. Okay. Well, we are going to have a little more fun so, here, aren't we? Yeah. So welcome. Thanks for coming. We just appreciate you guys being here. It's really fun to be doing life with you guys. Um, last time we spoke, we covered having a firm foundation, what that looks like in your personal life with God, which looks like for your family, with your kids, with your other relationships. Are we going to talk about the... Uh... Yeah, we're going to do that in just a second. Okay. Oh, he's trying to keep me on track. She jumps ahead sometimes. Uh, I do. But... Um, Go ahead. Yeah, this week we're going to talk about... I guess we should do it right there. Hmm. I'll tell you what we're going to talk about in just a minute, but we wanted to give you a couple of... Because it's Valentine's Day, we want to talk about being irresistible and um, how do we become irresistible. And we have some really great pickup lines that, you know, if you're trying to get a little, you know, um, intimate with your spouse or maybe you're looking for a date tonight, these are going to just be a sure bet. Yeah, it was funny in the last service. We had someone, I was joking on Wednesday, they're like, oh, what are you going to talk about? And I said, we're going to talk about intimacy in the bedroom. And she goes, no way, stop. <laughs> and so, no, we said, seriously. So she thought we were going to talk about it this morning. So, so we got up, we talked. And afterwards, she said, you lied. You told me you were going to talk about this. So anyway, we're not she talking about that, that this yeah. morning, just so we're you know. We're not going to make you turn red. <laughs> okay. So, so, But this is what we want to do. This is, uh, these are some great lines. So by the way, get your pens out. Be ready to oh, write yeah. these, these down because so these are awesome. Yeah. So we're going to just kind of, we're going to role play this. And so you guys get the, the, hand, uh, the idea of how to do this yeah. with hey. your spouse or with, with someone that you're, you would like to be your spouse. Okay, come on. All right, here we go. So now I know why Solomon had 700 wives, because he never met you. Oh, <laughs> so good. <sighs> okay. I'm not usually very prophetic, but I see you and me together. <laughs> All right. All right. By the way, is your name Faith? Because you are the substance of things I've hoped for. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Oh, is it hot in here? Or is that just the Holy Spirit burning inside of you? <laughs> All right. All right. How many times do I have to walk around you to make you fall for me? Oh. Oh. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> what's your name and number so I can put you on my prayer list? <laughs> Is this the transfiguration? Because you are glowing. <laughs> I don't good think one, that's going to do it. I just don't think. Uh, let's see. Last one for me. I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. No, I'm praying for you. <laughs> All right, and then last one here. This is the good one, guys. Excuse me, I believe you have one of my ribs. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, anyway. All right, we're going to get serious Yeah, but sort of. We're going to talk about being irresistible, and um, we were talking about what is the Lord putting on our hearts, and he's feel like um, becoming an irresistible church. And while we talked about when Jesus was on the earth, he was absolutely magnetic to people. He had people coming to him at all hours of the day, people's in the hundreds and the thousands, and he was drawing people to him. And we said, well, is that because he was reading the word in the temple? Was he studying the Bible? Was that because he was, um, you know, spending time in worship or he knew the worship songs or, um, you know, praying at home? And we said, you know, really it was what drew people to him was his acts of love 
to others. He was actually walking out God's love by feeding the hungry. He was healing the sick. He was holding little children and bringing them close to him. He was really developing those relationships and showing love by what he did. And so we wanted to talk about where are we as the church now? No, I think we're going to talk about that example. Okay, do the example now. Um, So we wanted to talk about a little bit of an example in our life um, and tell you, since it's Valentine's Day and we're both up here, a little bit about our dating relationship and into marriage. And one of the things while we were dating, I was... vulnerability. Vulnerability. (laughs) I was living in Boston when we were dating and he was living in Kansas City. So we were dating long distance and Mike would make the sacrifice and show me love in a lot of different ways, but he was an excellent pursuer. He was so good at letting me know that he was really interested in getting to know who I was as a person. And one of the ways he showed that was that he would pay for me to fly out to visit him or he would come out and visit me every three weeks or so. It was fairly often for that distance. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah. So this is the story of Mike being irresistible. And so as he... It's a great story. As he did this, as he continued to pursue me and show me acts of kindness, I started to see God's love in his life. I so, you start to see what he's been doing with the Father, the time he's been spending with God is starting to come out in the way he's behaving towards me. And that really, I started to see that, and that became irresistible to me. He became irresistible because of that. Yeah, that no, that's good. And, and in the same way, yeah, it was, it was great. And... and <laughs> We're just telling you the good side. There's another 90% that's not, not so good side. So this is just the, you know, since we get to be up here, we get to tell you what we want to tell you. Um, but I think on the same, you know, as, as I look at Christy, uh, when we started dating, I had actually been in a very serious relationship right before uh, Christy, and I was engaged to someone else. And, um, and it was a, a situation where uh, this person did not really, was not following Jesus. And... And I think it became very evident, especially to my family. Uh, Amen. <laughs> uh, but there were some things that came to the light, and, and thank God they did, because I don't think it would have been a good situation. Uh, and so it, it broke that off. And, but I really went to, to God on this, and I said, God, I, I, the thing I want the most is I want a relationship with someone that has a relationship with you, that puts you first in their life. Mm-hmm. And so when I met Christy, that's what really, you know, when you talk about irresistibility, that's what drew me to her. It wasn't, it, well, it was her amazing looks. It was all the other things as well. <laughs> but, but the most important thing, really above all that, I mean, is, is that inside is her heart, is where her heart was. And so that's what drew me to her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, uh, I think for both of us, that drew mm-hmm. each other. Uh, and so go ahead. Yeah, and I was going to talk about um, that irresistibility. That's the emotion and what brings us to the point of sacrifice, where we decide, okay, I'm going to the altar to get married. I'm coming and going to lay down my life. I said, I'm willing to commit to you for the rest of my life because Really, we don't know what we're getting into at that point, but this person's irresistible. We say we're ready to do this. We're willing to go forward for forever with this person. And um, we want to talk about a little bit about the church now. And the church is, you wanted to share on, like, where are we as a church? Are we absolutely irresistible to those around us? Yeah, and I'm just, I want to refer really to the the Western church right now. Uh, But if you look at the church today, 
just kind of take a look at it and say, okay, are we as the church, when I say the church, I'm not talking about like this, this church, like the walls and everything. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Uh, but in the Western hemisphere here, are, are we irresistible to the people around us? Is there an irresistible, is there, is there something that where there's a magnetic draw where people are just drawn to us as individuals and, and to the body of Christ? Are they drawn in here? Are they drawn to this place? Is there something that's drawing people in here? And I would venture to say, not really, um, as a whole. And I think, I mean, I know, like, and again, I'm talking about not just in this building, but I'm talking about in, in the Western church. And you look, but let me just say, like, even in Castle Rock, right now, there's approximately 50 churches in Castle Rock. And um, all great churches, all doing great things. But it's interesting that, that it's, we are only affecting approximately 17% of the people in this area. And so there is 83% out there that is unchurched. And, I, and they're not... They're not flocking in here. They're not coming into the church. They're not saying, man, we got to get in there. We got to meet these people. We got to find out what's going on. So what, I guess the question is, is what is it that's, that's keeping us from that irresistibility? What's, what's holding us back? Why are we not irresistible? Yeah. And we want to say, too, that we're sharing this word with you because we feel like God said it to us, too. So he, we feel like he spoke it into our own lives and saying, why are you not irresistible, Christy? Why are you not irresistible, Mike? So we're not speaking as if we have this figured out and we've walked through this yet, but we definitely feel like the Lord is saying we want you to share this with the body of Christ, with all of us. Yeah, and we really, the other funny thing, this is how God works, is like we were praying about this going, God, what are we, what are, what are we specifically, specifically going to speak on? And we didn't really get the download until like Friday afternoon. So we spent like Saturday scrambling to try to put it all together. But the last thing we want to do is just, is just speak and just share something with you to share something with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, our heart is to share something uh, that's on God's heart and then share that with you. And so it might be a little rough as we go through it, but the, the hopefully uh, we, we've got it uh, smoothed out enough where we can deliver yeah. this in a, in a smooth way. Go ahead. Um, but I would say... Uh, in answer to the question is, what are we missing? I would say we are missing, uh, we're missing the power of God in our lives in, a, in, a, in an amazing way. Uh, I mean, we see, we see God's power move, and we see throughout history, we see uh, there's been revivals, there's been things that have happened. But if you go back and you look at the early church, uh, there was something that was happening in the early church that, that we do not have today. And I think it's in either Acts 4 or Acts 5, it talks about, they're talking about the healings and everything that's going on. And it says, and everyone was healed. And then there's another area in Acts 3 where it talks about, and every need was met. And so when you look at where we are today, I would say that not every need is, not every need is being met and not every person is being healed. Yeah. And there's not people being drawn into this place. There's not people being drawn to us because we're not walking necessarily in the power uh, that, that we have access to. But we have to understand how to, how to gain that access. And so that's, that's what we're going to talk about a little yeah. bit here. And there was a warning. You want me to read this Graham Cook thing? Yeah. Yes. There was kind of a, kind of a warning, I guess, kind of a, a take warning. notice yeah. um, from Graham Cook. He spoke here in 2012. We just want to read you a brief part of a prophetic word that he gave to our church. And it said, to all those who long for intimacy, you shall be filled. 
For those who just want power without presence, I will not listen to you. Bow down and make a new alignment with me, or I shall take what you have built by your own hands, and I will give it to another. The king has come, and all rulers must bow. Yeah, so this is Graham Cook. If you don't know Graham Cook, I mean, he is really strong in the prophetic. And this was something specific for our church back in 2012, um, mm-hmm. which is carrying into now. And I believe now is the time that, it, that we really have to take heed in this. And so we, the desire, I believe, is we want to see the power of God move. Mm-hmm. But if we focus on the power we're going to miss out on something. And actually, the things that we have built are going to be taken from us and given to another. Mm-hmm. And so what we have to do is we need to move into a place of intimacy. Yep. And so how do we move into this place of intimacy? How do we become irresistible to those around us? And we, and it's, we can relate it back to that, that example of, of dating. Is how do we become irresistible to another person? What do we do? We gain intimacy. We talked on the phone for hours, and it seems so silly now. How could we ever talk for three hours almost every other night, but we did. And that's how we grew closer together. And so we want to talk about how do we do that with the Lord? Yeah. Do you have another example you're going to talk about? Or? Yeah, they're down here. Oh, okay. So you can go ahead here. All right, here we go. So what I want to do is I want to go into now just this, I want to walk you through something that I feel like that, well, that God just showed us mm-hmm. uh, just over the last few days. And so if you would grab your Bible. Dust it off. Or your iPad or your iPhone. Open it up. Open it up to uh, John 15. Dust it off. Yeah, iPads work, iPhones, just no texting. (laughs) So, this is a, I want to just say a quote here. This was from our uh, uh, pastor that we had in in Houston. His name was Jeff Wells. And and he, he talked about. Uh, being an intimate with God uh, quite a bit. This is about being one of God's intimates. But this is, this is what he says. Uh, he says, God does not have favorites, but he does have intimates. And the difference in favorites to intimates is when you're somebody's favorite, you don't really get to choose whether you're a favorite. You're selected like, hey, you're one of my favorites. You're one of my favorites. But when you're an intimate, when you're someone that's close to God, that's your choice. Everyone has the opportunity to be an intimate. And so um, I would challenge us as we go through this that, that the, our heart's desire is that each one of you and, each, and, and us as well, that we all become intimates with the Father, that we walk in that place of intimacy, that we know the Father's heart, that we understand the Father. And so I'm going to take you through John 15. And John 15, and I'll just kind of paraphrase some things here, but it starts out with the vine and the branches. Basically, what it says here is Jesus is the vine, we're the branches. And so he's using this analogy, and he says the only way we can bear fruit is if we remain in the vine. If we're outside the vine, we bear no fruit, branches cut off, it's a bad deal. But if we remain in the vine, which is Jesus, that's, that's how we bear fruit. And what's, what's the fruit? You know, it goes on to say the fruit is, is a lasting fruit. I believe the fruit can be, I mean, this is the things that, that actually 
come out of, of, this, of the vine, but it's, I mean, there's healings, there's the miraculous, uh, there's lives being transformed uh, for the kingdom. Uh, these, are, these are fruits that come out of this, and it's to God's glory. Uh, but so let me, let me stop there and say, so how do we remain in the vine? How do we stay, how do we stay connected to Jesus? That's a good question. It's a good question. It is a good question. Yeah. So, so follow along with me. If you now just jump down to verse 10. And this is what Jesus says. Is if, he says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. And so we have to, I want to, we got we to get this, this piece here because it's so important uh, that it is, there is something about to remain in his love, we actually have to do an action here. We have to obey his commands. And a lot of times I think, well, to remain, we, we think, well, to remain in his love, you know, we just need to pray. We need to spend time in the word. We just need to, uh, to get before God and just spend that time with him. And, and I'm not discounting any of that. I think all those things are critical. Those are so important. Mm-hmm. That prayer time you have, that time of understanding the nature of who God is, is so important. But right here, Jesus is making a very strong point when he says, if you obey my command, my commands, you will remain in my love just as, as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. And so the next question is, well, what are these commands? Because there's a, there's a lot of commands out there that, commands. Throughout, throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you, look at, if you look at verse 12. Gives us the answer. He gives us, yeah. Thank In verse you. 12, he gives us the answer right here. And he goes, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And this... <laughs> This is such a strong statement here. And actually, I believe what Jesus is doing here is he takes, if you go back, uh, Matthew 22, Mark 12, where it talks about the great commandments, uh, the great commandment, it's, it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And then the second part is love others as yourself. And those are, those are the, the first and the second commandments, and everything is really wrapped up into that. But what I believe Jesus does here is he actually brings it into one commandment. Mm-hmm. And so what he's saying here, he says, love each other as I have loved you. So here's the thing, is in order to love someone as Jesus has loved us, what do we have to do? Can we do that in our own love? Can we love just as Jesus loves? No. I'll answer, no. Yeah, the answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no. No, and this goes back to the first commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We have, to, we have to understand the Father's love. We have to love the Father, but we also have to receive the Father's love. And we're gonna have to, we have to live out of that love yeah. of the Father. And, and once we understand the love that he has for us, that's the only way we can do this command. So we're going to bring it back down to our relationship on like a more personal level. How, what does that look like in my everyday life? How do I... Have the Father's love and live out of that love. How do I make decisions and things like that? And we were trying to come up with a fun example to give you from our life. Um, And we thought, oh, you could talk about, um, you know, 
big things that are obvious that you need to forgive. If there's a betrayer, betrayal, or if there's a big sin or a wrongdoing, a major fight, obviously you're, you know that you're supposed to say, I'm sorry, I forgive you for that, and oh yeah, yeah, everything's great. But we said, you know, really the harder part and the, the more important part of this is, is the day-to-day. And we want to give you an example about um, something that I'm not super good at is keeping things really neat and tidy in our house. Mike's an engineer from the beginning, turned pastor, but he really likes things straight and neat and, and put together and, and countertops super duper clean. And our countertop, we have three kids. It's a landing zone for anything that comes through our house. It all just right onto disaster. the kitchen counter. <laughs> disaster. So early on, this was a major point of contention, right? For him. I'll let yeah. him talk about it. Not just the kitchen, but the, you know, the house. <laughs> <laughs> I felt it was the kitchen. <laughs> As I said we'll, last, there was. We'll focus on the kitchen for this now. This was my. Uh, <laughs> this was. Uh, I saw it as sort of like you know a lesson in anger management. Really, it was just trying to help him move forward. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where are we no. going? With so this? you were going to tell me about like how frustrated you would get. That's yeah. What so you're yeah, there were times, and I tell you, it was. The times that it was the worst, and I don't know if maybe it's just me, but it's those days where you come home and it's been a, just a, a heck of a day. I won't say the other word, but um, it's, it's been a horrible day. And so you come home and I think it's, it, you walk in the house and you just kind of want everything to be just perfect and just set up because you just, you just don't have, uh, your fuse is about this short at that point. So you just want to like, okay, I'm just going to walk in. I'm not going to get upset anything. And you walk in and it's like, you can point out 50 things that are wrong. 50. He, could, he could find one and he could lose, the, lose everything over one. But. And so normally I'm pretty good, but there's days when I, when I would come home and it would just be like, oh my gosh, you just start boom, 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 boom. And this obviously just... It created it, a lot of tension yeah, and Put you on the defense and all of a sudden yeah. things get very heated in the house and... And it's, it's a bad day for both of us. <laughs> bad day. But what we learned as we went forward in marriage, okay, this is going in, on in years, this took time, was that he began to look past my faults. And um, as we knew each other's heart for I knew that he loved me. I knew that he was not trying to do this to make me feel bad or get down on me. And, I, and he knew, likewise, that my heart was to do what he was asking, but it just yeah, really I, wasn't. I knew that she wasn't doing it on purpose. Not usually. It was, just wasn't. No. <laughs> it just wasn't that important to me. Um, and, well, so, and I realized that there were, that what I began to understand is that there were so many other things that she was doing so well in the house and that she was uh, with the kids and, and how she was just, and it, I mean, she's an amazing mom with these kids and she does so many things so well that these, this is just not a top priority no. because she's focused on so many other more important things that if, if I took two, one side by side, I would say, well, obviously this is much more important than having the kitchen counters clean. Yeah. Um, and so, so as I begin to realize that, I just, I think it, it, it just took the, the tension out of it. It did. And he started to, so he would say, he would look past it because he loved me and because he knew, you know, those daily things can really grind on our relationships. When we have little things that really bother us, we talked about foundations. Those are little things that can nick away at the foundation of your marriage where you're bothered, you get upset, you lash out, and it's a repetitive process and it can really start to deteriorate any relationship when we do that. But what we were noticing is that what we tried to learn over years was that 
we need to love each other with God's love. So when we're spending that intimate time with him, we're able to use that love to show the fruit of the time would be the forgiveness that he was willing to give or I was willing to give when he would flare up and say, okay, I forgive you for getting mad about the same thing again. Um, We were trying to show that. So it's not always the big things in our life that we have to show love with. A lot of times it's the hard, mundane, everyday things that we're giving love for. And that's, um, that can be so difficult. So now we have it all figured out, just oh, so you guys gosh, know. No. <laughs> so that's the example. Yeah. So let's, I want to jump back into John 15 and just continue here just to show just the continuation of this. Can I say one other thing? Sure. Okay. The other thing we wanted to just hit on really quick is um, there's also priorities to that where um, if we're giving love on a mission trip for one week to Mexico but we're not able to come home and extend that love every day to our spouses or our parents or our children. Um, we're really missing the more important part of that command to, to show love to one another, to walk in God's love. It's really a lot easier to love someone for a week than to live, love the person in front of you on a daily basis. So don't step over your children as you walk out to do great deeds for the world, you know? Or your spouse. And that, we're saying your... that to ourselves, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, we do really need... We were talking, and I came out with a quote, if you, want to do, if you want to make a difference, if you want to change the world, do the hard work of loving the person in front of you. That really is one of the important things, is the priorities that we have with this. Yeah, yeah and I think you see that a lot, actually, in, uh, in ministry, where you see uh, pastors. I mean, you talk, you know, there's always kind of the joke, PKs, uh, which I was one and completely messed up, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> no, not really. Uh, but... But I, I think a lot of times you do see that. I think my dad was actually one of the, the, uh, uh, the rare mm-hmm. pastors um, that actually put us first. Um, and he did. He put, he put us first above, above ministry. And I, I mean, it, and I, so I, at times I, I see that in myself where I'll be like, I got to do these things. And I actually, um, you know, put the kids and my wife second to other ministries. And so I'm working on that. My dad's helping me work on that. Yes, he um, is. And he was a great example in that. That's so, true. Good All job, right. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so back to John, John 15, and now dropping down to verse 15. Oh, this is good. And so John 15, 15 says this. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything I have learned from my Father is made known to you. And what Jesus is doing here is he's actually redefining the relationship between God and man. And this is, it's a, it is such a strong statement that he says here, as he says, instead, I have called you friends, for everything I have learned from my Father I have made known to you. And then I want to jump back here to verse 7, which ties into this. And in verse 7, it says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Mm -hmm. And so here's the point here, is that when we we get to the point, when we're in that intimate place where we are friends of God, and, and he has called us friends of God, but I'll tell you what. Right now, in where, where we are in our lives, we are not all friends of God. Mm-hmm. 
Because to be a friend of God, there's an intimacy that we have to have with the Father. And it be, doesn't mean that we're not saved. doesn't mean that we're not going to heaven. But there is a difference between, being, between that and being a friend of God, being one of God's intimates. Yeah. Being someone that hears the voice of God, that hears on every occasion, that, that where we can go to him, where we can go to the Father, and we can ask him for something that's a desire of our heart. And this is, you know, when, when you're a servant, and you go and ask for something to the master, a lot of times you, you're not going to get it. Because what you do is you do the bidding of the master. But when you're a friend, when you're a close, intimate friend with someone else, you can go to someone else and you can say, just as like, here's my best friend, I can say, Christy, you know, will you do this for me? And because, that, because of the intimate relationship we have, because of the friendship that we have, it may not be something on her heart, yeah. but she's going to do it because, because it's something on my heart and we're in that friendship. And this is, this is the relationship that God wants to have with us, yeah. where it's not necessarily everything is, is from him, but it's something that's on our heart. And here's the cool part is that, that out of that, it says that, uh, let me just find it here. It says that, <laughs> well, yeah, where is it? Oh, yeah, right here. So it, it, so it says, ask whatever you wish. So ask whatever we wish. It will be given to you. And this is to my Father's glory that you will bear much fruit. And so in that, in those things, when you're in that intimate place with the Father, you will bear much fruit. And it's to the Father's glory. And that's the, that's the manifested presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so you actually get to see the manifestation of the presence of God because it's, it's the fruit that comes out of that. And so it's so this is where it's so important that we become intimates with the Father. And I just want to kind of step you back through because I know this is, there's a lot in here. Um, but I just want to walk you through this is what we've just talked about. So it's, first of all, it's, it's remaining in Jesus. And in that, we're loving the Father. We're loving Jesus. But how do we love him? We love him through obeying his commands. And then from that, we, what's the command? Love each other as Jesus has loved us. And then once we're in that place of intimacy, then ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. Yeah. And out of that, that's where there's fruit that is bared. And this fruit is transformed lives. This is healings. This is miracles. There's power in that. Mm -hmm. And then from that, the Father's glory is revealed. Yeah. So is that, is that a place that we all want to be? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that's a place. I think that's a place where God wants to bring us. Yeah. And our heart is, is for that. I feel like the Lord has put this on us, like I said, to share this with you. Um, and our heart is to see the power of God fall, to see that fruit in our life and in your lives and in the community around us. And one of the things that we were talking about, being irresistible, how do we become irresistible to the people around us? And I work with the youth, and I, lo I love, love them. They're so sweet. They remind me of those really uncertain years of my life. I've had other uncertain years too, but that was an exceptionally uncertain time when you're young. And so many of them come up to me and they go, well, I just, there's this boy, and I just, I wish he would like me, but he, I just don't know if he likes me. And they're, all, they're in this dance, right, that we all know that you're trying to attract the other person or whatever. And I, I tell them, and I'm going to tell, and if any of you are single, 
this is the advice I put on to them, is that there is never anything more attractive than a person that is head over heels in love with the Lord. There is nothing that we can do to make ourselves more desirable to someone than when we have God's presence resting inside of us. And we do that by growing in intimacy with him. So if you really wanna draw people to you, dive in with the Lord. And why are they drawn to us? It's not really us that they're drawn to, but when we're in that place with him, when we're intimate with him, he gets down inside of us. And we walk away from that time and we're carrying him forward. And so when we're doing these acts of service, the feeding the the hungry, clothing the naked, we're not doing it just like any nonprofit organization. We're taking God's presence with us into that place. So it's not just an act of service anymore. We're actually carrying God forward into that place of intimacy. We're bringing our personal digging in with him. And we're saying, here, here's some of the fruit that I've gained from spending that time with the Lord. And I want to share it with you. And that is so attractive to them. They are drawn to that. That's how we become irresistible. Amen. It's <laughs> a good word. Thank you. So, That's good. Yeah, so the reward in all of this is something that um, this is the best part. Is, and this is, as Christy just there talked about. There is a reward. There yeah. is a great reward. And this is where we become irresistible. Uh, to those around us. This is what brings us back to the early church. And, and I believe this is a word for us today. And I want to read this. This is in uh, Isaiah. It's Isaiah 58. Wait, hold on. Isaiah's buying Psalms, if you're, not, if you're looking, or if you're iPadding it. Isaiah's after Psalm. That's what I mean. That way. <laughs> <laughs> that way. <laughs> Okay, I got, I got it. So Isaiah 58, in your iPad, it's wherever you just, you just hit it, yeah. right? It's Scroll. a lot easier. Um, so Isaiah 58, and I'm just going to read, I'm going to start with verse 6. And, um, and you'll have to, you guys need to, if you go back, read John 15 and read Isaiah 58. And there is a, there's such a connection between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it starts out here, and it says... Uh, is this the kind of fasting I have chosen? And I just want to stop there and say, fasting, a lot of times we think of fasting as, as giving something up. Mm-hmm. It's a sacrifice. Uh, but, but here, uh, God redefines fasting as something else. And really, fasting becomes an action. Uh, it's not just, it's not letting go of something. Uh, it is actually an action. Uh, it's, it's moving forward with something that the Lord is calling us into. And so here's what, it, it's, here's what it says. It's to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke and to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them? Not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. And then here's the reward. As we do those things, which is, this is, goes back to fasting, this is what the reward is. It says, then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will appear quickly. You guys like healing? Amen. This is where the, this is where the healings, this is where there's a breakthrough in healing. Mm-hmm. As we do these things, and this goes back to John 15, as we do the commands, as we love those as Jesus loved us, this is what happens. Your light will break forth like the dawn. The healing will come quickly. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. 
And when we talk about the righteousness will go before you. I'm not going to get into this, but, but this, is, this is the full armor of God. Mm-hmm. And it, it ties into that. It's, it's the righteousness. Every piece of, of the full armor of God ties into the righteousness of God. And so as, that, as you move forward in the full armor of God, which is with the righteousness before you, and then the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. So we always say, well, you know, you got the full armor of God behind you. There's nothing behind you. Well, there actually is something behind you when you're moving forward with the things that God has, when you're in intimate with Father, is that you have the glory of the Lord behind you. And that's the manifested presence of the Father, of his presence behind you as your rear guard as you're moving forward. I think that's pretty cool. Yep. So. (laughs) Why don't we have uh, the worship team come out? Yeah, let's do. Let's have the worship team We're going to kind of wrap this up. Um, and play a couple songs at the end. I'm not going to play a couple songs. These amazing, wonderful people are going to play a couple songs. But I would just want to kind of um, share one more thing. And the last thing, I think, um, there's a great, great quote that, that we wanted to share from Heidi Baker, that love looks like something. It's not just, um, just saying I love you, or, but it's an act. And one of the things that I feel like is that we're all in different places of trying to share our love, and we're all in different places with the Lord. Some of us have not come to that point of um, the attraction. Jesus is not irresistible to you yet. You haven't come to the point of the altar or the, the place of sacrifice, which is the cross. We haven't gotten there. And if you haven't done that, come up and talk to one of us afterwards or um, just take some time in your seat. But there's other of us, and I feel like the Lord showed this to me, was that so many of us, we've gotten to that point of sacrifice. We've walked to the cross. We've been drawn to Jesus. And we're hoping to meet him with his presence there at that cross. But so we know, where is Jesus seated? It doesn't say he's still hanging on the cross. It says he's seated at the right hand of the Father, right? So we need to enter in, into the throne room of God. It says, Galatians 4 says, let us boldly approach the throne of grace. So don't stay at that point of sacrifice and keep going back to the, I'm sorry, I did this, will you take me? But it says we are sons and daughters of the king. We are heirs with him. And so he's going to meet us at the throne. The veil was torn for that reason, so that you're not standing there trying to pay up, but you're moving past that. You're moving into the presence of the Lord. And he's drawing you in and saying, meet with me here so that you have this to carry forward to the world. He wants us to be there with him. So step into that that sonship of him. Step into that daughtership of the king. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) Yeah, I want to just read one final statement here. This is is on poverty in the West, and this is from uh, Mother Teresa. And here's what she says. She says, the greatest disease in the West today is not tuberculosis or leprosy. It is being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. We can cure physical disease with medicine, but we can, but the only cure for loneliness, despair, and hopelessness is love. There are many in the world who are dying for a piece of bread, but there are many more dying for a little love. The poverty in the West is a different kind of poverty. It is not only a poverty of loneliness, but also of spirituality. There is a hunger for love as there is a hunger for God. And so we're going to close and we're going to come back into a place of worship here. And this is a time just to to come before God, uh, just to, 
to allow him to speak into our hearts. And there's a few things I want to just say, though. One is if you have not come to the cross, if you have not made that that commitment, if you've not said, laid down your life and said, God, I'm going to live for you, if you've not taken that step to come to the Father, to come to the cross, don't miss out on this opportunity this morning. There'll be people up here. uh, Christy and I will be up here. You can come up and you can pray with us. And we'll just walk you through this. And you can come in and you can be a son and a daughter of the Most High. And you can walk in the kingdom. You can walk with the kingdom right here on earth. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to have a kingdom life. We can do it right here. And also, I want to say this. I want to encourage you, if if you've never had prayer over your marriages, or even if you have and you'd like to have prayer over your marriage, please come up. Again, we're going to have the, 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 the ministry teams up front here. But during, even during these songs, as, as you're just kind of worshiping the Father here, come up during those times and you can just, you can pray with someone. Uh, and then also, I want to say one other thing is that if you have never, if you don't feel like you're in that place where you're a friend of God, if you're still in that place where you feel like that you're kind of in that, that servant-master uh, relationship, and you want to come into a place of being a friend of God, I'd, I, I would ask that you come up as well and just, and just use this time to come before the Father and, and we can pray with you because this is where we all need to be. Right. And, uh, and we have to be able to receive the Father's love before we can give the Father's love. Good. Yeah. So with that, <laughs> let's, let's all stand up. Can I say one thing? I yeah. feel like the Lord's thing too. If you want something to change in your life, you got to do something different than you've always been doing it, right? So we can't, we can't keep doing what we've always been doing if we want to see a change. So if you've yeah. always been exiting and leaving and hoping that your marriage is going to improve, let's take a chance to boldly come to the throne. You don't have to pray with anyone. You can just come up here and make a, a declaration, declaration, declaration over your marriage. But let's do something different if we want to move forward and change, if we want to see something happen in our life. All right, so if we can have the ministry teams, and then let's just, we're going to do like two songs here, and we're just going to worship and just come before the Lord.